0: S.E.P. Fanfic Readings presents Thanks to the Photographs by Unstable Hufflepuff Chapter 10. Shoes of the Savior Hermione wasn't entirely sure what to do. You see, it wasn't every day that one woke up to a still-sleeping and likely extremely hungover Draco Malfoy in their arms. It had seemed like the right idea at the time, letting him stay the night. He hadn't even been able to walk straight when he showed up at her door at about one in the morning— On the verge of tears. The man didn't even have shoes on. He didn't trust that he could make it back to his quarters on his own. So she'd waited until he cried himself to sleep, then tucked him in next to her and tried to go back to sleep herself. Only she couldn't. Her mind was reeling. He'd apologized. Just about begged for forgiveness. She'd been wrong. She knew that now. He really did care. So why didn't that scare her? Why was she perfectly content to let him use her chest as a pillow? "'soaking the front of her shirt with his tears. "'God, the way he looked while he slept, "'so still and peaceful. "'His face was almost angelic. "'The sun eventually rose while she held him. "'The light from the window made his hair practically glow. "'She didn't want to wake him, "'wished they could remain in this moment forever. "'For the first time in a long time, she didn't feel alone. "'It was nearly ten o'clock when Hermione finally felt him stir.' She was reading a book that she'd left on her bedside table, Scourers and the Creation of Macusa, by Theophilus Abbott, when she heard him yawning. She froze, keeping herself as still as possible, as he tightened his hold on her. She felt his lashes flutter against her chest and waited for his inevitable freak-out when he realized just where he was. For a moment, she worried that he'd regret what he'd said, that he'd take it back now that he was sober. She felt him suddenly tense, then clear his throat." Slowly, Draco raised his head to look at her. Granger, he said in a low voice, what the fuck am I doing here? Hermione inhaled sharply. You showed up here in the middle of the night last night and woke me up, she said, trying not to sound as anxious as she felt. You apologized. For everything. She watched as his eyes widened in recognition and held her breath. Did you mean it? "'I—' he frowned at her. "'Yes, I meant it.' Hermione let out a breath of relief and patted him on the back. "'All right, then,' she said, marking her place and setting down her book. "'Up you get, Draco. You need to shower. You smell like a minibar.' He chuckled as he carefully detached himself from her, and they both got to their feet. She shoved him in the direction of her bathroom. "'I might have some clothes for you,' she said. "'There's no need for the students to see you stumbling back to your quarters in your socks.' Draco glanced down, apparently just realizing he had no shoes. He swore under his breath, then glanced back at her over his shoulder, his expression one of apprehension. "'You're not... mad?' "'Why would I be mad?' He opened his mouth before hastily shutting it and shrugging. "'No, Draco, I'm not mad at you. Now get your ass in the shower, because you reek. I'll find you something to wear.' He shook his head in exasperation, a soft smile on his face. "'Okay, Granger.' "'I thought it was Hermione now.' her o Minnie. "'Piss off!' "'As soon as she heard the water running, "'Hermione went searching for her old beaded bag. "'Even after all these years, she'd left it stocked, "'prepared for leaving at a moment's notice. "'She wasn't sure why. "'She just couldn't empty it. "'There were still clothes of Harry's and Ron's in there, "'and she dug around until she found some that would fit Draco, "'laughing to herself at the thought of him wearing "'what were essentially muggle clothes. "'Draco was not pleased with what she had laid out for him.' She was sitting at her breakfast nook, dressed for the day, with a pepperette potion from Creature, and some tea laid out when he stepped out of her room, wearing blue denim jeans, a grey hoodie, and a pair of Harry's beaten-down sneakers. She couldn't have held in her laughter if she tried. "'Oh, shut up,' he mumbled grumpily, dropping into the seat opposite. "'I look bloody ridiculous.' "'Nonsense,' said Hermione dismissively, still chortling slightly. "'You look incredibly handsome.' His face went a little pink at that, and she knew he was embarrassed. Grinning, she handed him the pepper up and instructed him to drink it. "'We need to get you feeling better,' she said stoutly. "'We've got a staff meeting in half an hour, and you can't show up while at risk of your dinner coming back up.' She cast a tempest charm to check the time and sighed. "'I hope it doesn't take too long. I meant to meet Harry for lunch. We're venturing to Diagon Alley today.' Draco was in the middle of stirring far too much sugar into his tea and looked up, raising his eyebrows. Nervous? he asked. Very, she confirmed with a nod. But I suppose it needs to be done. Ginny's right. I can't stay hidden at Hogwarts forever. Yes, I suppose Ginevra has a point, conceded Draco. He took a sip of his tea and smiled in delight. Just be sure to get your hair under control for when the reporters show up. If they're going to be taking pictures of you against your will, they may as well be good ones. Excuse you, my hair hasn't been that god-awful rat's nest for years now said Hermione defensively. She held up a smooth curl as evidence, and he chuckled. "'What hair portion do you use?' "'Sleekies.' "'That makes sense. Seeing as Potter's grandfather is the one who invented it.' "'Seriously?' "'Oh, yes. I'm sure Fleamont Potter is rolling in his grave, knowing his descendant has that disaster on his head after all his hard work.' Hermione frowned. "'I don't think even Harry knows that.' "'Potter doesn't know a lot of things.' She rolled her eyes and drained her tea before getting to her feet. I'll have to tell him that's where the pot of fortune came from, she said, sliding her arms into the sleeves of her jean jacket. She grabbed her purse and smacked him on the shoulder with it. Come along, the meeting's starting soon. Draco grunted and got to his feet, letting her drag him out into the corridor. He avoided eye contact with everyone they passed as they made their way to the staff room on the third floor. His face was noticeably flushed and he kept picking at the hoodie he wore, grimacing in distaste. She resisted the urge to tell him it was Ron's. "'Draco, what the fuck happened to you?' Veronica demanded the moment they entered the crowded room. She rushed over with her eyes wide with horror. "'What are you wearing?' "'Don't,' said Draco tiredly. "'Just please don't. I don't want to talk about it.' Hermione giggled. "'That's enough out of you, Hermie.' When they sat down around the room, each professor seated on a different piece of furniture and facing Minerva, who stood in the middle of the room with a piece of parchment in her hands. It was clear by the looks on everyone's faces that Veronica wasn't the only one mildly disturbed by Draco's appearance. Even Minerva narrowed her eyes at him, her lips pursed, before giving herself a little shake and addressing the topic at hand. "'The first Hogsmeade trip of the year will be taking place this coming Saturday,' she said. "'Heads of house!' It will be your responsibility to collect the signed permission slips from your students and hand them over to those who will be supervising the trip. Professor, do you have any idea as to who you'll be selecting to supervise the trip yet? Hermione looked at Draco in surprise, but at the sight of his slight smirk, she had to purse her lips to keep from laughing. Are you volunteering, Mr. Malfoy? asked Minerva, raising a brow in suspicion. As a matter of fact, I am. Hermione rolled her eyes, even as she raised her hand. Me too, Minerva. Draco grinned mischievously as she giggled. Minerva immediately tensed. She eyed them both carefully for a moment, seemingly weighing the odds of something, before finally relenting and giving them a brief nod. "'Very well. Miss Granger and Mr. Malfoy will supervise the trip, so you'll all hand in your house permission slips to them. As for you two, you'll create a list of those attending and give it to Mr. Filch, so he can count them off as they leave the castle. Everyone leaves from the entrance hall at precisely eleven o'clock— and you will lead the way down to the village. Prefects attending the trip will help you keep watch over the students, but it is mainly up to the both of you to keep them out of trouble. I assume I can trust you with this. She asked both of them, but everyone knew the question was directed at Draco. Don't worry, Minerva, said Hermione at once. We've got it under control. Draco nodded in agreement, still grinning. Minerva narrowed her eyes at them, still suspicious. Of what, Hermione wasn't sure. But she nodded in the end, and soon after dismissed them all, allowing herself to flee, and sounding just as exasperated as she'd been when Hermione, Harry, and Ron burst into her office to tell her the Philosopher's Stone was in danger in their first year. Is there a reason you two asked to supervise the Hogsmeade trip? Neville asked, as he, Veronica, Hermione, and Draco left the staff room a minute later. I thought neither one of you wanted to be seen in public. It's a little too suspicious if you ask me, said Veronica good thing no one did, muttered Draco. Hermione sighed. I promised him that if Ron was there, he was allowed to hex him. Neville's jaw dropped and Veronica snorted. Ah, 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 said Draco, pointing an accusatory finger. You said I could do anything I wished, so long as it didn't cause any lasting damage. Whatever. Rita Skeeter's gonna have a fucking field day, said Veronica in admiration. I can't fucking wait. Neville grimaced. Are you sure about this, Hermione? he asked worriedly. Draco attacking Ron in the middle of broad daylight isn't exactly going to help the rumors. Excuse me, Longbottom, said Draco sternly, but Hermie made a promise to me and she's going to keep it. Don't ruin my fun. Hermie? said Neville weakly. Draco wrapped an arm around Hermione's shoulder, smiling smugly. "'Yes, my good friend, Hermie, has gifted me this opportunity, "'and I plan to exploit her kindness as much as humanly possible. "'You two are really scary together.' "'Yes, I completely agree,' said Veronica cheerfully, a little bounce in her step. "'It's wonderful!' "'I know it's been dormant for years,' said Neville, "'as they descended the marble staircase in the entrance hall. "'But I think Harry's scar would start acting up again at the sight of you two being all chummy.' "'What about my scar?' "'Harry!' Hermione leapt down the remaining steps and propelled herself into Harry's waiting arms, causing him to stumble backwards a few steps before regaining his balance. "'How are you?' "'I'm doing good,' he said, chuckling slightly. "'Mostly been worrying about you. Now, what's this about my scar, Neville?' He released Hermione but kept an arm wrapped round her shoulders, his eye flitting between Draco, Neville, and Veronica before finally landing on Draco's feet. "'Are those my shoes?' Draco glanced down silently. "'then raised his head to scowl at Hermione. "'Harry defeated Voldemort in those shoes, Draco,' she said, smiling. "'You should be proud to wear them.' "'Harry, who had been giving Neville a one-armed hug, "'snapped his head round to look at her, his eyes widening in disbelief. "'Did you just call him Draco?' "'Right, there's my cue,' said Draco gruffly, "'stomping down the last few steps to reach them.' He gave Hermione an awkward pat on the head as he passed, continuing into the Great Hall with Veronica, and ignoring her pointedly telling him what his having the same-sized feet as the Chosen One meant. Harry merely stared at Hermione, his brows raised and his eyes still wide, giving them the impression that they were bugging out of his head. "'Draco?' he repeated incredulously. Neville let out a nervous laugh. "'I'm going to walk away now,' he said. "'See you later, Harry. Good luck, Hermione.' Harry hardly noticed him leaving. Hermione sighed and tugged him outside the castle as students paused to point and stare. "'Let's get out of here before anyone asks for your autograph,' she said. "'And I'll explain.' Harry looked at Hermione as though she had spontaneously sprouted a second head. They were sitting in a corner booth at the leaky cauldron, Severus Snape's muffling spell protecting their conversation from the ears of those around them, all of whom were blatantly staring and whispering. "'Friends!' "'Yes,' said Hermione patiently. "'But—' Harry shook his head, leaning forward and folding his arms on the table between them. "'I don't understand.' "'He's not the same person he was in school, Harry. "'He's—well, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say kind, but he's certainly not cruel. "'Even Neville gets along with him,' Hermione huffed, growing annoyed. "'Quit your gaping, Harry James Potter. "'He apologized to me for how he treated me back then.' "'Yes, I remember very well how he drunkenly crawled into your bed "'in the middle of the night to beg for forgiveness,' said Harry irritably. "'I'll not be soon forgetting. "'I told you to change your password, you know,' he added, giving her a sharp look. "'Harry, I know how you feel about him,' said Hermione wearily. "'But I trust him. "'He's a better person now. "'I wouldn't be his friend if he wasn't.' "'Harry scratched the stubble on his chin, still looking less than pleased. "'Fine,' he said after a minute. "'But let's keep the bedtime visits to a minimum, yeah?' Hermione gave him a small smile. "'Thank you, Harry.' "'Yeah, yeah, whatever.' He looked up as Tom, the now ancient-looking barman, arrived at their booth with their food. "'Thanks, Tom.' Tom furrowed his brow, leaning in closer. "'Pardon?' "'Thanks,' said Harry loudly, and then he swore, pulling out his wand to remove the muffling spell. "'Thanks, Tom.' "'Not a problem, Harry,' said Tom pleasantly. "'You two enjoy.' Thank you, said Hermione, as Tom turned and made his way back to the bar. She picked up a chip from her plate and tossed it into her mouth, smiling still. I hope you know that I don't expect the two of you to ever become friends. Good, because that's never going to happen, Harry interjected quickly. But I am glad that you've accepted him nonetheless. I really do care what you think, Harry. It would bother me if you had a problem with me spending time with him. Harry sighed, setting his butterbeer down after taking a large drink. I just want what's best for you, Hermione, he said. Just be careful with him, all right? You may trust him, but I certainly don't. All right. Hermione took a sip of her own butterbeer, sighing in contentment. She'd worried what people would think of her friendship with Draco. Enough people hated her as it was, and she wasn't sure how many more she could take. With Harry on her side, however, she knew it would be okay. So tell me, how are things with you? Is James still keeping you and Ginny up? Harry groaned. Taking a hand and carding it through his untidy hair. I'll too, he said, and he sounded thoroughly exhausted now. Between a newborn and a teething toddler, Jin and I get no sleep whatsoever any more. Molly's been a big help, though, and Lavender, he said, in an apparent afterthought, she's over a lot with Rose. Hermione's smile turned into more of a grimace, despite her best efforts. She's a good mum, said Harry, I'm not her biggest fan, but she's been really nice, and she's over a lot more now, helping out around the house and with the kids. I'm pretty sure it's just avoiding Ron, but I'll take the help where I can get it. Why would she be avoiding Ron? asked Hermione, confused. Harry raised an eyebrow at her, unimpressed. Why do you think, Hermione? he asked bluntly. They've been fighting non stop since you got back. Ron said they don't even sleep in the same bed most nights. Hannah had to give him a pain potion the other day because his neck's all messed up from staying on the sofa. Hermione pushed her plate away from her, no longer having much of an appetite. I don't see how that's any of my business, she said. What they do in the privacy of their own home, he misses you. Harry, you can't avoid him forever. You know that, Hermione, he said, not unkindly. Even after everything that's happened, you two fought a war together. You were best friends for years. That doesn't just go away because he messed up. And by messed up, you mean slept with his ex-girlfriend, said Hermione coldly. Harry sighed impatiently. "'Just promise me you'll think about it,' he said. "'I miss hanging out with the both of you. You know, together.' She stared pointedly at her plate, crossing her arms over her chest. "'Come on, Hermione. I gave you my blessing with—' "'That's got nothing to do with this, and don't you dare use it against me!' Again Harry sighed. "'He seemed to be doing a lot of that today. Hermione knew she was testing his patience, but she couldn't find it in herself to care. "'Fine.' He muttered angrily, violently stabbing his fish with his fork. Just forget it. I will. They were both silent for a few minutes while Harry ate and Hermione sulked, sipping on her butterbeer and pointedly ignoring all the stares. Finally, Harry dropped his fork and looked up at her. You want to go to Flourish and Blotts? She beamed.